Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. You can download the podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Key, I got to say it, just because it's really funny to me, and Max is in the trenches with us every day. I remember this like a year and a half ago. I was coming in the studio, and Max was getting ready to do first take, and he's like, Jay, you look tired. What's wrong with you? I'm like, because I'm always tired, Max. I'm always tired. I'm watching games until 1230 at night. And I'm coming in. It looked like at he was five. in physical prime. I got to the studio one day. He went, "My precious, I'm like, what's go- what's going on?" Now I'm looking at him everyone. I'm like, what's up, Max? He's like, "Oh man, this is <clears> real." I'm like, "Yes." Well, I've been real. a little under the weather recently. You have a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed. Can't I'm- can't can't tell. <laughs> Where's my mask at in here? It's too late for that, Jay. It is too late. You I know. About, you have about three days to live. I didn't want to tell. Jeez. Jeez. So we had Mike Reese uh, on earlier in the show and uh, asked him how much pressure was on Mac Jones this season. What were the expectations? And here's Mike Reese. Really high. I mean, Max, I, I was out at their draft party and I was listening to, you know, the owner, Robert Kraft, tell the season ticket members, like, we think we've got the coach and the quarterback. You know, to lead us where we want to go. And when I hear those words, it's like, okay, last year they wanted to bring Mac along as a rookie, not put too much on his plate. And Mac actually said yesterday, when you're a rookie, all those plates are hot when you're coming in as a rookie in the NFL. But this year, I I, I just feel like there's been a shift. It's like, Mac, be that leader, right? And we're going to put it on you to be that leader and to elevate that much more. So I think it's fair to say that the, the expectation is raised for Mac entering year two, which Bill Belichick always says, that's the year players usually make their biggest jumps. Key, they were in it last year, right? They were in the thick of it. Can the Patriots actually win the AFC East? I think they can, Max, to be honest with you. I'm going to hold a strong conviction of that, though, until I see a few games and what Buffalo looks like. Buffalo's very interesting to me. They went out and got Von Miller. They certainly have uh, upgraded that spot on the defensive side of the ball. They got Josh Allen and Diggs and company coming back. I just want to see what it looks like with Ken Dorsey calling plays opposed to Brian Dable. I kind of know New England's going to be there. Two years ago with Cam Newton at the quarterback spot, it was a rough going but they were still fighting, scratching, and clawing with a team that was basically put together overnight. Now you got a quarterback in his second year who needs to take a giant leap and show everybody that one of the tr- two training wheels are coming off. Key, is there – we always talk about – you know, one of the things I've heard you say in this show a lot, and I've heard other athletes say this that have played in the NFL, is that the loss of Brian Dable, him coming to the New York Giants – what that means for Josh Allen, who's ascended into the MVP conversation, that's a big question that they have, right? Like, how is Josh Allen going to move forward? Is there not the same level of concern for a guy like Mac Jones not having Josh McDaniels there anymore? Or is that just lifted because Bill Belichick, who's the mastermind, is going to take care of everything? Even though Matt Patricia 
who's been primarily on the defensive side of the ball. And then you got Joe Judge, who was with the Giants for a long time, who got the head coaching job after being part of the special teams unit. Like, they're kind of jockeying to see who's going to be the leader as it relates to who's going to be the play caller for the offense. Like, is there no concern about that for Mac Jones in his second year who's still so young and formidable? The Giants hired a special teams coordinator. I know. I try not to get sidetracked <laughs> by that. You see me trying but, to blow uh, by that really quickly. I, I would say that there is concern when you have a young quarterback and now all of a sudden he loses his, his offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. So you're going to have a little bit of a, I don't know, a, a somewhat of a drop-off to some degree. Uh, but there, So there are there's concerns there. But there's also concerns that, the New York Jets are got they've gotten better. They've gotten better, but what about their quarterback situation? Uh Miami has gotten better. What about their quarterback and head coach situation? So when you're looking at AFC East, with that being said, New England still has Bill Belichick in a quarterback who played a team to into the playoffs. Although many would say it wasn't all about him, but he did factor into some of some of it in helping them get to the playoffs. Their defense uh, is a question mark going into the season, but as long as you got Bill Belichick, I mean, you just it's it's just hard to it's hard to bet against. I, okay, I want to circle back to something here though, the Bill Belichick of it all. Like, <clears throat> look, I'm not saying Mac Jones ever has to be Tom Brady, and because of that, it doesn't mean Belichick needs to get back to winning the Super Bowl every other year, right? But there's an opportunity here. like every, Just like I say with <clears throat> Steph Curry or CP3, if, you, if you're still coaching, if you're still playing, you're still writing your story. It's not over, right? And <coughs> Belichick has an opportunity. If, he takes Mac, if, Mac, if a Mac Jones quarterback franchise over the next 5, 10 years, whatever, gets to be a perennial playoff team that sometimes makes a run, wins a couple playoff games, that makes Belichick look good. If they're in the playoffs one year as a wild card, they miss another, et cetera, and they just become another franchise like that, that's not so good because it really does make it look like so much of the success was dependent upon Tom Brady. I'll never, never, ever, 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 ever let you say that, Max. It, 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 because it's ridiculous well, to think that the reason that Bill Belichick if he doesn't win another playoff game, the reason he won his six Super Bowls is because of Tom Brady. Wait, I, King, I, I can't. If he doesn't win another playoff game, first, first of all, Tom Brady's first two and a half to three Super Bowls, Tom Brady was a guy in a damn jersey, and yet he won. Okay, the Super Bowl. stop. Willie McGinnis and them. Let's let, let, let's stop. Well, so Willie McGinnis come- and Ty Law and Teddy Bruschi and them dudes was a main corporate. Ted Johnson, those dudes were the main corporates of them See, winning that Super Bowl against the years. Panthers and the Rams. They had 20 years oh, of success God. at the highest possible level with Tom Brady. If you remove Tom Brady and you don't win, did you just say if you don't win another playoff game, it doesn't mean anything? Look, doesn't mean anything at all. He's still going down as the greatest coach in the modern era of the National Football League. But one of the big Arguments is it more Brady no, or more Belichick? That's, that, that's manufactured arguments, man. No, it's what people naturally think oh, about and talk God, about. It's been going on for decades now. It has, but you can't deny. It. You might not like the fact that it has key, but you're it's denying manufactured, it has. Though it, it's there. 
but it's manufactured. That people are looking for that. But when you really know this stuff, you're not paying that any attention. Two guys. How think of how many bars throughout in the last 20 years two guys sat down at over a beer and just a conversation went to is it Brady or Belichick right I I get all of that but it's not realistic I'll tell you what to me I disagree if Belichick never wins a playoff game that is not good for him it's not good for him it's it, not good because you don't want it to be good. No, it's not that. I always thought it was more Belichick, but I'd be proven wrong. Can I ask you a question? So if Bill Belichick, hypothetically, yeah. which he's going to win a playoff game, let's be honest. But if he doesn't win a playoff game, are you trying to say that that will denounce him as the greatest coach of all time? It will call it into question. Yeah. I, I just can't. So can't who would you, you say Max? then will be the greatest no, coach no, no, of all there'd time? There'd be other candidates, you know. Who? Like Vince Lombardi, for example. Right? I wasn't born then. Well, sure, but you know Tom Landry. You've seen, you've seen Tom Landry coach, right? Uh, Bill Walsh. There'll be other. In other words, Belichick goes from indisputably head and shoulders above everyone who ever lived, right, to in the conversation. I mean, even if see, you think he's see, born, but, see, here, here's where here's where I get tickled. No, I get pissed. I know. I was trying to say a nice way of saying it because. When 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 people say not pissed at Max or nothing like that, but when people say, oh, you know, there's other coaches and this and then Tom Brady, like first of all, somebody had to find Tom Brady. Okay, everybody passed on Tom Brady, and the New England Patriots passed on him twice. They got him. Somebody had to coach him. Somebody had to put him in the position to be successful. Somebody had to do that. That's why no one's questioning his greatness. And that somebody is Bill Belichick. Is Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's why no, obviously I'm saying you could even argue he's still number one all time. It just changes it from, man, it's not even a conversation to now it's a conversation. Not his greatness, but his goatness. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive (laughs) Insurance. (laughs) All right, let's go from the (laughs) AFC East to the NBA playoffs. Backdoor cut by Tatum. He got it. Spins. Fires from 10. Off glass and good. That was absolutely ridiculous. Came up with the right focus, physicality, flipped, and just got to muster that same energy when we come off a, a win as well as a loss. If somebody is going to get up and be physical and pressure you, you've got to meet force with force. And I thought Boston on the offensive end played with force, protected the ball, and that was how they won this basketball game. Da-da-da-da. And joining us now... Family feud. He puts the Han in Barton Han. It's Alan Han, ladies and gentlemen, who, by the way, retweeted yesterday. I saw it, Alan. The Wu Tang is for the children tweet mm. where they showed mm. the last payphone ever <laughs> being taken <laughs> out that. of New York City. I saw that. And Alan Han wrote something about uh, TRS 80, right? <laughs> the, the, yeah, I was. The, the trash eighty, I had uh, one, we used Alan. to call them. You ha- you still have one? No, no, no. I had one because oh, you had one. My parents yes. were too cheap to spend money on a real computer, so uh-huh. I had the, I had the lowest worst computer ever. Well, dude, no, no, it no, didn't you- even have a disc drive. You had to buy a tape recorder <laughs> and hook it up. And the way you erased your tapes, so you had to ma- demagnetize them. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, yeah but I, I, what you're referencing though is a PC. What, what I'm talking about now, all journalists, reporters, yeah, anybody yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, understand yeah. the business. It's a glorified calculator. And this thing was when at my early days as a newspaper reporter, 
you would take this thing with you, and I was covering like high school basketball games all around New York, and you'd be in the gym, and, and you'd be banging away on this thing, and it's like this tiny little LCD screen that you could barely see, and you're writing like a 500-word story, <laughs> and you have to find a pay phone and take these, these, these suction cups and stick them to the phone, like you know the, the, the actual handle of the phone. Dial the number. Hope your hope that the trash eighty doesn't like the battery doesn't die because if it dies, guess what happens to your five hundred word story? Ugh, it disappears. There's I no hard drive. There's it. nothing. It was so. So it's one of those. Like, Alan, did you take a you com- did you take a computer to college? Nah, I went, have to, the, I went to college in the early nineties. We didn't even have that stuff. There's no internet yeah. back then, man. Like no, no computer. I didn't either. I had a boombox. I had a, I had a, boom I had a, box I had a typewriter in my room, and that's it. I took a typewriter to college. <laughs> I keep, forgetting, I keep forgetting you are a journalist by trait, Alan. I, I keep forgetting Yeah, I'm a journalism major with an English minor, and that's what I did for most of my career before someone dragged me into this business. No, I just I, – I, it, it, you don't – Come know. across as a journalist. Yeah, you don't yeah. – <laughs> Are you saying he's no not credible? He's saying he's my friend. Don't worry, Key. I'll finish the sentence for you. I don't know if that's a compliment, but <laughs> – No, no, I'm saying you just don't <laughs> – Come off as credible. What are you trying to wow. say, Keith? Yeah, no, is that the shot no, we're taking no. today? I've taken a lot of bullets from you guys, by the way. I don't know why all the shrapnel's coming my way. I didn't start this, but okay, bring it. Speaking of taking a lot of bullets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah transition yeah. to that. Yeah, Speaking of taking a lot of you bullets, you guys are all about the, the heat today, performance. Yeah, well, I asked this question on Twitter last night also, Max, um, and it got a lot of response. I wonder what you guys think, especially Jay. Do we have a three-point addiction problem in basketball especially the nba and do we need an intervention because it it, like these games are also a big part of we settle and take so many just threes we are like why would you take that shot you know i understand the three-point shot is important it opens up the middle it it, it does soften up a defense all that stuff I, i get it it's important to spread the floor create space but there are times, especially when a team starts to, you know, this one team goes on a run, another team tries to answer it with this big three, and you look at a dude like, what the hell was that shot? Like some really bad possessions based on bad threes. And the numbers I've run are say, say this. During the regular season, the, the, uh, the NBA players, it's 39% of the shots this season were threes. 39%. That's, that's still an uptick, but not terrible. In the playoffs, it's over 40% now. So it's like it's ridiculous how many more shots, how many more threes you're taking in critical games where you think getting into the paint. You know, there's less possessions in the in the playoffs. So I ask you guys, do we have a three-point issue in the NBA, and do we need an intervention? So I, I, I do believe so. Han, I can't tell you how many times I yell at the TV on random nights when I see guys on three-on-one fast breaks, oh, and yeah. one guy flares yeah. out. I'm like, really, you're going to shoot a three? Like, that's an easy layup. Like, that's a 100% per, like percentage that you can have at the rim pretty much um but i i also i, I think last night because you sent me the, the shot chart which i thought was incredible by the mm-hmm. way this morning when i was doing the first segment but i i do give a little bit of that in particular in this game to the lack of aggressiveness that i saw from bam out of bio and i don't get it alan i i don't understand we are talking about a guy that is getting max dollars Right? Like, I know his agent. Like, we're all really good friends. I've known him since Kentucky. He's talented as hell. Yep. I know what the game plan was about him utilizing and doing things off the dribble. And I know that time loader is there. But for you to come off a of game three where you have 22 shots to game four where you have five shots, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's all of him, but like, what are we doing here? 
It's taking the pain away. I mean, I, I, you want to always give the nod to the defense and to Al Horford and Robert Williams, who both were in there All and down. both taking away space. The shot chart, shot chart shows you they tried to score in the paint. There was no mid-range to be spoken of. None. You could see, That's why I sent it to you. I sent it to you to show you it was all or nothing. It was take threes or, or try to score in the paint. And they couldn't do either. So mm. instead of trying to just, okay, take what, what are they giving you? The mid-range. And some teams just can't. I thought Jimmy Butler is supposed to be one of the best mid-range players in the game, right? Isn't he supposed to be really good at the mid-range? He doesn't take threes? Where was he in this game? Don't tell me it's his knee because he didn't tell me it was his knee. They're, and and, and, and Adebayo is a good, not great, but a good guy who can make an uh, you know an elbow jumper at times but he can at least try to attack a different way they just kept running into the same brick wall hoping it would finally break down and that to me is the problem with this heat team they are stubborn they play really hard defense when the offense is going but when it doesn't they're a mediocre team yeah alan Hahn of barton Hahn joining us this morning on Keyshawn, j will and max the two that are going to take them to the task on June 1st at the South Seaport. Come out and watch if you get an opportunity to watch Excellent us smack them up. Excellent research. Um, <laughs> yes, Alan. I am learning. Leave my teammate alone, Han. <laughs> so, Han, who, who do you think is going to win this ultimately in the East? Is it Miami or is it Boston? Well, it's Boston. They're the better team. They're the deeper team. They're getting through injuries, whatever it is. But it's like they have to be the team. To me, they're the ones that I looked at in game three and said, what? Wait, where are you? How does Jason Tatum, as good as he is, have a game like that? You know they're plus 28 overall in the four games? Wow. I mean, they're outscoring the Heat by 28 points, and it's 2-2. It doesn't make any sense. They are the better team. They just have to now go to Miami and do what they've done. Go there business trip and take care of business almost take a page out of what golden state did when they went to dallas and did not mess around because phoenix went to dallas and messed around and suddenly it was a series boston's got to make this a business trip go down there get a win then come home and finish the series so han i was talking this morning because we were talking about golden state and obviously having a chance to sweep dallas tonight and it, it led me to think about is steph curry maybe one of the best teammates of all time. Like, <laughs> literally, like Michael Jordan watching the last dance over the last couple of days, like, he evoked fear in people, right? It got people yeah. to a great place. LeBron, at times, early in his career, he's one of the best leaders the game has ever seen, but very passive at the earlier stage of his career. The environment that Stephen Curry has created in Golden State. Okay, KD, you want to be one of the greatest scorers of all time? Come here, play. You can fit in mm-hmm. our system. I, I don't feel any ego at all. Hey, you talk about uh, pool. You, you want to grow up in our farm system? Great, come on. You can, you can start even me coming off injury. I'll come yeah. off the bench. I don't care. Do you see him that way? Is that understated about him? One of the most comfortable people you'll ever meet in his own skin, right? Like, like there's a lot of people, like pro athletes especially. I'm sure you guys know them. They have all the success in the world. They're great players, but there's just something about them that they're always, like, unsure. A little bit of, of tension comes their way. You know, they, they kind of tense up. A, a little bit of competition comes their way. They try to size up, like, well, you're not better than me. They don't want you to outshine them. Steph Curry didn't care. Like, you could see it. And it's probably because of all the accomplishments he's had already in his life. So you can put all that, you know, into – into what makes him a great teammate. I also think the fact that he knocks down threes <laughs> makes him a great teammate too because he comes up with clutch shot after clutch shot. His heartbeat, I don't think, ever really gets above like 120, 130. I don't think he really ever gets rattled. That part's important too, which is why you'll see a turnover like he did in 2016 where he throws it behind his back for some reason to Clay Thompson, and it literally costs them a championship because he's just calm in the moment and it's just a, it's one of those plays where if it works, it looks great. But if it doesn't, it, it, it looks horrible like it did there. 
But I, I, I was talking to Quentin Richardson yesterday on our show, and Q said something I loved because we were talking about the disrespectful dunks we've seen and how athletic a lot of these players are. And my God, like you just don't want to be like Luca was on that poster with Wiggins. But yet, the most disrespectful thing you've ever seen is Steph Curry hitting a three, turning to your bench, looking at your bench as the ball's still in the air. It goes through, and then he just kind of gives you the go to sleep thing. Like, how did, like, for the nicest guy in the league and everybody, like, you love him, that might be one of the most disrespectful things you could ever do in sports. And yet it's it's compelling, and you'll love it. Yeah. other You know, there may be an addiction to the three that's a problem for others, but it's not a problem for Steph Curry. No. Uh, Alan Hahn of Bart and Hahn. We've, uh, we've done everything today. We went through pay phones and old uh, ways of posting stories. And, now that oh, you think so, by the way, oh, when you think so about it, Key, right? Like, when now would you think about, about it? Now like somebody would hang up it. after breathing on it, oh. and then you'd not just only breathe grab it, it, their earwax was in oh. the holes. Oh. Hold up, hold up. That's the pay phone, and then you went to the water fountain at the park <laughs> where every, little kids putting their mouths all oh, over it and stuff. In man. the 70s, I, I, either it's a wonder that we, that we all survived, or, <laughs> or, of course, we all survived. We were immune to everything. Yeah, By the time we're like the 70s, three. hell, the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, what do you mean, true. 70s? Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm, because I was a little kid in the 70s. That's why, Key. <laughs> hey, Han. Yo. Don't think by sending me that video that you're intimidating Let's go. Yeah, anybody. tell him, Jay. Don't what happened? One video. No, no, no. Han knows what I'm talking about. Don't try. Yeah. Don't think that you're intimidating Key or I. It, it, there's with no the, intimidation with the, here. With the I, I'm not. Nice actually, editing and, and first and, of all, uh, I'm, I'm way too take old you guys to know to how to that. edit. I, I'm way too old to understand how to edit anything. Second of all, how dare you? Third of all, <laughs> I, that was I am a great angle to shot in, too. Underneath, <laughs> I'm underneath not sending angle. that. You look like an older Ivan Drago. That's what you look like. It's true. I must break you. But with the with the short legs, though, <laughs> knowing damn well his legs are so long what? that the, he tucked them all the way up. Oh, hey, like, look, I look as I far, told man. you, Key, as I told you, if you want me to do it for your live, I will. Ooh. But this is not an intimidation Ooh. thing at all. Jay, it's not it. intimidation. Let's I, go! I listen <laughs> to your show Key, regularly, and I hear, I get, I catch a lot of shrapnel, and I'm like, there's another guy who started this whole thing on my team. That is just skating. Like like him, he and Max, Max and, and Bart are wrapped in Teflon right now. Like they can't, nothing, t- nothing sticks to them. What are you talking about, Han? What did I, I know do? This Max, Max is, is shooting the free throw to see if we get ball or not. You're definitely getting the ball. We're giving you a layup on this one. Yeah, that's great. It's a lot of confidence. Um, <laughs> I have zero confidence. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. When's the last time you shot a ball, Max? Max, just do me a favor. See, I couldn't even so tell you. That's a little bit. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you literally the last time I shot. But if I, if I put up more than 10 shots in the last 10 years, I'd be shocked. Jeez. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Just uh, hit the front rim so it bends a little bit, gives me a little extra you know, space. I'm going to do it blindfolded, by the way. I need a granny shot from Max. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way, and to this day, the granny shot has never missed. It's, it's never missed. I've never I mean, seen if you ask once. Rick Barry, yeah. that's the way you should shoot it. That's right. Wilt did. It's good enough for Wilt. should be good enough for Max. Alan Hahn, ladies and gentlemen, of Bart and Hahn fame. He will be playing along with Bart Scott, Key and Jay, two on two next week. All right. Thank you, Alan. See you, boys. Do you guys have any confidence in either the Heat or the Celtics? 
going up against the Warriors in the finals? We'll talk about that next. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Welcome to Keyshawn J. Will and Max here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. That's right, Jay Williams here kicking it with you all. And Key, Max, Here's a conversation. The Warriors are a game away from their six, six. Let me make sure I hit that again. Their six key finals trip in eight seasons. And Steve Kerr says his team is peaking at the right time. Check this out. Well, this is uh, this is our, probably our best stretch of the season where we've been able to um, you know put together really good lineups, uh, different combinations that maybe we weren't able to get to the regular season. And we have, we've got a lot of guys playing at a high level right now. So, Key, when I'm watching the Golden State Warriors and I'm seeing Stephen Curry play at a, a high, high level, like a Western Conference Finals level, in which during the finals he's averaging close to 30 points for his career, by the way, for his career. And I'm seeing the likes of Andrew Wiggins posterized Luka Doncic, like posterized the other team's best player. They're about to sweep the Mavs or at least have a gentleman's sweep. Klay Thompson is finding his rhythm when it matters the most. Jordan Poole is still electric with the dribble and doing things, scoring at a high clip. And even though this team has lost Gary Payton a second and they've lost Otto Porter to a degree, Andre Godalis talked about coming back during the finals. Like it makes me think, like, what is the best matchup for them coming out from the East, and that has to be the Boston Celtics. And I love the Miami Heat, but Kyle Lowry is a shell of himself. I don't know who Bam Adebayo is, and I'm not saying that the Heat don't have a legitimate chance to win the Eastern Conference Finals because they can, by all means. But from a a power punch perspective offensively and defensively, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those are wings that you can put on the likes of a a Klay Thompson, a Jordan Poole, a Marcus Smart if he's back, if he's healthy. You can put him on a Stephen Curry and be physical with that. The likes of a Draymond Green. I like the matchup that Grant Williams and Al Horford and Time Lord can have. I just feel like that's the NBA Finals that will give us the best bang for our buck. Do you feel me on that, or do you think it's Miami? No, I think that the Celtics certainly gives you the best bang for your buck. Look, Miami, 
is Jimmy Butler and a bunch of guys that may or may not show up. At least a healthy Boston Celtic team, we kind of know when they're healthy, they're going to put on a good show. We don't know what Tyler Hero is going to do. We don't know which Bam is going to show up, which Kyle Lowry is going to. Like, we have no idea if P.J. Tucker, outside of the defensive side of things, are going to contribute. And I think for Jimmy Butler, if he can score 50 a game, then it gives him a chance. Anything less than that, they won't win. But, kid, that's the crazy part. We're asking Jimmy to score. I mean, Jimmy scored 41 in the game one. And, look, I was the first one to come out and be like, look, man, he's in the same statistical category as Michael Jordan. Like, the numbers were ridiculous in a single postseason, what he was averaging and what he was shooting from the field. He was shooting over 50%. But him going out in game three with a knee injury in the second half and then trying to – I mean, he didn't get to the free throw line in the first half last night in game four. And that's a sign to me that there's something that seems a little off with him. And, look, not having Tyler Hero I think hurts him. Kyle Lowry is banged up. He's trying to play through it. It just I – don't, I don't know if I can count on Jimmy Butler playing at that high of a level Let me ask every you single Jay. night. Let me ask you something. Would it make more sense for Butler to not play to get more healthy so he can be closer to his – best self like obviously in retrospect they'd have been better off with him not playing at all last yeah, night. Yeah but how, I mean that's a, that's a hard thing to factor in considering game five is now at home and it's 2-2 so you're saying that Jimmy doesn't the time, play. The game to take off was last yeah, night. Exactly. Yeah exactly. Yep. I mean that, that game five if Boston wins it then you're going back to Boston for them to close it out at home. I, I don't know if I want Jimmy Butler missing that much time. You're already, you're already unsure a little bit about Tyler Hero. No, that, Jimmy Butler's got to play. You got to have him play, play man. He got to drop at least forty. Got to play if you can play. You don't the the the, the hedging the better getting healthy and all that sort. You can't do that. Not not right now. But Kier, I wanted to ask you, like with Bam Adebayo only taking five shots last night, game three he took twenty two shots. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you just weren't aggressive at all in in a big game? You were just passive. No, 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 not at all. Um, but, you know, everybody is built differently. Uh, if I was him, I would you say he shot it 20, what 22 was it, 20? times game three. Five so 22 times four. in game three, then I'm going to shoot it 22 times in game four. That's what I don't understand, though, Key. It's like you being in a big game and you telling your quarterback, I'm, I'm okay, man. You know, I'm okay. You know, you, give me the damn ball. Give me the ball. I think I wrote a book that said that. Thank you. So I don't understand how mentality-wise you can go from – Seeing what you could do, and I, I, I know a lot of it could be given towards the Time Lord, even though Robert Williams had a hobbled knee, and Al Horford played one hell of a game defensively. But still, I'm at least getting 15 shots you, up, You also key. mentioned Kyle Lowry's impact. Kicking the ball ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of times, Bam Adebayo was the one bringing the ball up the court. The ball was in his hands from the beginning. So it's like, you know, he was the one kind of just being passive. I, I, I just don't understand. So, I mean, we're going to get into that coming up. What the hell happened to the Heat last night? We'll talk about that next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So, uh, James, James, our uh, pinch hitting at producing today, had an interesting experience yesterday. Yeah, but James, one what that happened? I feel is relatable to people who have either had children or ever been ch- a child. What, what happened, uh, James? Yeah, so um, my my seven year old uh, Johanna, um, mm-hmm. I guess she at, at school they were playing with beads. They were like okay. making necklaces or something, and mm-hmm. uh, she put one up her nose, a bead up her nose, <laughs> and uh, right wait, like it, it was like like snorting beads. Like that's I, what she, we're doing now. So and... finally, I mean, she she was uh, upset because she didn't want to get in trouble. But finally, she told me that she was doing it to be funny. I think she was trying to entertain her friends. And uh, she accidentally sniffed, and it went into her nose. And so uh, we went to a walk-in, and they couldn't find it in there. Accidentally sniffed. And then we had to go to the ER. And um, and ended up that uh, we we spent an hour or so waiting at the ER, and it took, like, three seconds for her to, uh, like... Like blow, blow her nose and it just came flying out. You couldn't uh, like stick. A, I. <laughs> what are you trying to stick? What? No, listen. Like a I'm Q-tip not, no. or a pin or something. No, I don't want. I don't want to make further. it. Yeah, I didn't want to. I don't want to make it go up in there. For, that, that would that would have been even a bigger problem. I no, because all you got to do is you pull the nostril back, Jay. Well, your nostril. <laughs> never mind. You just pull the nostril back slightly. You don't have to pull your nostril. Yeah, and then you kind of naturally large enough to fit a Q-tip there. Well, you put an orange Keith, in yours, but your nostrils you, are exponentially you, larger than mine. Jay is, Jay is going to tell a story about being about? a kid and having an apple stuck up his nose. <laughs> oh, God, uh, stop. Geez. But, yeah, it just seemed like uh-huh. my daughter, my daughter, my young daughter had a um, a little piece of corn that she stuck up her nose a couple months mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go all the way down, but she kept saying nose, nose, nose. <laughs> it did all oh, of a sudden. Your little, one, your little, little one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And I had so a brother, eventually, I had a brother who got something stuck up there, like a yeah. M&M eventually, or we Jen was able to stick her fingernails in there and, and pull it out. Well, here's huh. the worst part: when stuff like that happens, and you end up going to the ER, James. I don't know how you felt about this way, but I've definitely been there with uh, family members before. Is when you're going through it, and you're actually seeing people who really need ER, and you're like, right, yeah. Uh, that's why we were waiting <laughs> for so long. Off. Off. You probably want to attend to him first. Yeah, I want to hear some real the best gross part about stuff? James's story, though, is that. Couldn't do it at home. Couldn't do it at a regular doctor. Has to get to the ER where they just say, blow your nose, and it comes right and out. And that'll be $1,000. Yeah, that'll be yeah, a the most, the most expensive, stuffy nose that I'll ever encounter. Exactly. Yeah. Bet you never had a next-door neighbor have a cockroach stuck in his ear. What? Yeah, yeah. that's happened. Cock- One of my yeah, next-door neighbors when I was little. How yeah, does a cockroach get stuck right in, in your ear? ear? Yeah, roaches will go in your ear. When Let's you live like they were living, it happens. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, 
and Max. Hold on a second. What? What? I think Kendrick what Perkins, ESPN basketball analyst. Perk, what you got going on? You had Jack in the show. Two teams that I don't want to wonder about or think about is the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> so you can keep thinking about it. But I'm not going to keep thinking about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. Perk, that wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you come true. back in the LAPC and your, your credentials don't work to get in the building at the LAPC. <laughs> You'll know why. Come on, Key. Don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. I'm just saying, man. All <laughs> fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Until somebody's <laughs> getting locked out. Oh, yeah. You know what song that is. Welcome back to Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. It is time for the percolator. Kendrick Perkins, our main man, the myth, the legend, here with us. What up, KP? What's up, my good brothers? What's going on, my brother? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, now what's happening? Hey, so right off the bat, man, tell me, what are your initial thoughts last night? Where is Bam Adebayo when you need him the most, Perk? Well, <laughs> look, this is what happened to Bam Adebayo, all right? This out is of what happened. <laughs> yeah, out of the bayou. Yeah, this is what happened to him. Robert Williams. Robert Williams. I mean, when you look at the the, comp, the tandem, the combination of Robert Williams and Al Horford, it's going to be hard for Bam, man. It's going to be hard for him to score. It's going to be hard for him to get his game off. Now, you take Robert Williams off the floor, I mean, he may have another 30-point game, but I doubt it still. Look, Al Horford played with a lot of pride last night. And the thing that that sticks out most to me is is that, you know, Bam was the one that was complaining about, you know, when he he didn't make the All-Star team. He was complaining about not winning defensive player of the year. And you know how you shut a lot of people up or prove a lot of people wrong? By going out there and performing right now, like when it matters the most, when it's on the big stage, and he's just not there. Look, think about this. In 2020, when they played the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, Bam led the team in points, rebounds, and assists. I believe he averaged 20, 11, and 5. He's averaging 13, 7, and 4 right now. 13, 7, and 4. That's a huge drop-off. Mm. Perk, just t- give me one word to describe the Miami Heat's performance last night. Pathetic, and I, and I say pathetic because that that half court offense is just so horrible, right? If like if the Miami Heat not turning turning you over and getting out in transition and getting deflections and things to that nature, they do not get easy baskets. Key, I want you to think about this. The Celtics shot 39% from the field, 23% from three. Jalen Brown was five for 20, mm. and the Celtics won by 20 points last night. That just tell you how bad offensively the Miami Heat are, and they have for sets. And so the Celtics, they took care of the basketball. They took, they took care of the rebounding. And all of a sudden, when you take away – those things where the Miami Heat can't jump up the game, they're going to struggle offensively. Kendrick Perkins joining us, ESPN NBA analyst on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Big Perk, Warriors, Mavs play tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT. And Dallas is a one-point favorite. Uh, but, I mean, is this <laughs> – look, the, the, laugh, the laugh says it all. Doesn't it, doesn't it yeah. feel like this thing has been over? Yes. 
Yes, it has. It has. Look, can I ask y'all a question? Of course. People have been thinking that I'm out of my mind, right? I made a comment yesterday, and I made a, a – well, not a comment. I actually just spoke facts, okay? And I was talking about Steph Curry. The way that Steph Curry is playing right now, right, and, you know, on the verge of possibly winning his his fourth NBA championship and, and probably to win the finals MVP, I'm looking at Steph Curry and I'm like, one, where does he rank for his all-time greats? Where does he rank for his all-time point guards? And how does he not move the needle when we talk about Mount Rushmore? I mean, he, he he won his three championships against LeBron James. He broke up a happy home with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals and had KD come join his team. And I'm thinking about how he changed the game from a generational standpoint for us, like making it okay to take shots that would have people buried on the end of the bench. And doing this at his height, at his size, being just dominant all across the board, like how does he not move the needle in all those areas? I'm you know what, asking. Perk? Though no, that's a good a good question. I would say just based on my knowledge of basketball, is that Steph Curry has never been considered the best in the league in the game at that particular at this particular career, where those others. That people talk about LeBron James, you know, Will Chamberlain, whatever, Bill Russell, uh, Magic Johnson, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they, Michael Jordan. They've always been considered the best in the world. So I think that's one of the main reasons why you have that. Mm. But, I mean, we, we talk about a guy, you know, unanimous, unanimous MVP, right? I get yeah, I want it. Hey, to- Perk, I, I get it. Yeah, but I'm with you. I know, and, and you know what's crazy, though? Think about this for a second. Players, it's only four players in NBA history that have won multiple championships along with multiple MVPs, along Preach. with multiple scoring titles. Preach. That's Jordan, that's Kareem, that's Wilt, and that's Steph Curry. Mm. But think about what you just said, though. Every last one that you just mentioned, was always considered the best to ever do it. He never got that. He never got that. And on top of that, I think the Kevin Durant to Golden State deal kind of watered things down a little bit because even people like Max, who can't talk right now because his voice, and I'm glad of that because he'll chime in and try to change the narrative a little bit. Even guys have this whole notion of Steph Curry is just a really good basketball player who had who did something in terms of a great shot. They don't dive into all the facts the way that you just did. Mm. I'm just asking because I, I don't want to see I don't want to seem like a guy that's just sitting up here just living in the moment. But I think you know we've been taking this guy for granted for too long. Like what he's been doing at that size and how he changed the game. I think it's He's putting us on notice again to recognize and go back and look back at what he has done for the league, the game of basketball, and everything across the board. Perk, real quick, we were talking about uh, dynasties earlier, and I said that if the Warriors win, 
this is a chance to go down as one of the best dynasties that we've seen because of, you know, doing it, getting to the final six times over eight years, winning four. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. And you know why? It's because of the plug and replace. Think about it. The first championship, right? You, yes, you had your core three, big three, and trademark Steph and Clay. But then all of a sudden you win it with, with Harrison Barnes, okay? And no knock on Harrison Barnes. Then all of a sudden, you know, Harrison Barnes, you trade him and you get Kevin Durant, then you went two more. And now all of a sudden KD leaves and you get Andrew Wiggins, a guy that everybody had counted out, former, former number one pick, guy that nobody believed in no more. And all of a sudden he comes there and fill that void. Those those were big shoes to fill, playing that wing position, being that 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 three and D guy slash you know slasher cutter to the basket. And you think about like how they're doing it, and they did it. They got it out the mud. Like those three guys that are still there were drafted there. So like for them to get it out the mud and go through the grind and go through the process, I have to agree with you on that, Jay. So, Big Perk, if the Celtics get by the Miami Heat and Golden State beats the Mavs, who are you picking for the championship and why? You got 20 seconds, brother. I already, I already picked the Celtics. Man, I got the Celtics winning at seven. I just think, I just think that defensive, the the defensive versatility that that starting five has when they healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know no team that could get past that. To be honest, remember, Jay, defense win championships. Offense win you games. But defense go win you championships. I hear that. Defense travels. That's Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. Perk, congratulations on being on SNL as well, my brother. I will appreciate it, Jay. Hey, Keith. Yo. Keep it real one time, brother. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast.